ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, set your sleep timers because I just spoke with Nostradamus's, you know, via seance or fugance, I guess it was more, maybe it was more of a fomance, like a fugue related, maybe not though. But either way, the uh, whatever was it be, Nostradamus do predictions. This was supposed to be quick. It's time for the Sleep With Me podcast, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And if you want to help out the podcast, of all the ways to help us out, the most powerful way is simply to let someone else know about the podcast. And this occasional award, the Be Likes Babs Award, goes out this week to a nug. And it's N-U-G. And Nugs, I, I can't think anybody that's been pounding the pavement or pounding the airwaves for the podcast. Uh, like Nug, and I don't know if it's just Nug or everyone over at Illusionoid Podcast, but man. Uh, I just want to thank Nug. He was on a YouTube thing this week where he was in bed with two two people at his slumber party. Uh, it was slumber party on. And I don't know. I just So if you want to spread the word, be like Nug. Like, be like a Nug. It's a good thing. No, no, I don't know if Gatorade, but I'll be calling Nug, you know, because then we'll both be sued. I won't be alone. I'll be able to sit next to Nug. He's funny. And he seems like really nice. So, uh, so, you know, when, when Gatorade sues us, Nug, you'll, you know, thank you, though. Really check out Illusionoid Podcast, too, please. And let's get on to the show. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep, well welcome, this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do is a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you up at night, whatever's running through your brain, uh, whatever signals your body's sending you, whatever turbulence is rippling through your emotions, whatever it is, if it's any of those things or none of those things. I'm going to be here, I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night, and I'm going to try to distract you from whatever it is that's keeping you from crossing the threshold to sleep. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, you know, stories, they say this, this is a bit like a flat circle, kind of. If I could, you know, like the person that can't grasp the flat circle metaphor... You say, can it, what's the difference between a flat circle and a race circle? I, I don't understand, you know. And they say, it's the T, it's Matthew McConaughey's on the TV scoots. They say, okay, well, no, no, man. And they say, oh, wait, you're in my brain. I can't ask you either. And it's not a rhetorical question. And so then, so that's, let's see. So, so I'm going to try to distract you with stuff like that, but not too pondering. I won't, you know, like, uh, I won't, you know, try to explain what a flat circle is. And, and if I do, there's not really a chance if you miss it, it won't be enlightening. It'll be d- d- like a dim, like a light, d- like a dimmer switch. I guess this is reusing the oven metaphor, but it's true. It'll be, you know, I'm not, I'm not at bright lights and I'm not quite, the lights aren't out. I'm not quite at make out light level, which I don't even know. It seems like I, my switch, my, my you know, my slider doesn't have that level, except for a hand makeout in the mirror level, which is just regular lights of my back. Anyway, anyway, okay, hold on. And that's called practice, by the way. 
uh, internal critic that's, you know, making me blush. Uh, but yeah, it'll be kind of like the lights are dim. You can kind of make out things, but you see everything looks softer in this light. The edge has taken off everything. So I better stay in bed. You know, I'd rather not, you know, and I said, well, I don't need to think about it because uh, there's enough light around me that I, that I feel safe here and, and warm. It's one of those warm, you know, warm, you know, natural light, you know, Calvin scale bulbs with all the numbers and the K in there. And you'll just be in bed and, 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 and what I'll be doing is basically talking about stuff like that with the attention of taking your mind off of stuff. And a big question if you're new here or you've been around, and I try to explain it a lot of different ways, is why, why would someone do this? And, and tonight I'm going to give a personal, personal story, not really a metaphor, uh, but in some sense, it is a 100% true story, unfortunately. Uh, so, and this will kind of explain it, and then th- that'll be the intro. It'll probably be, bo- you know, it'll be lulling and soothing. Ideally, you'll fall asleep during this personal story, because believe me, uh, the disclosures in this story will be mild. And you say, well, if you, well, if Scooter broke some personal news on the podcast last night that he's been struggling with. Well, what was it? Was about uh, I don't I don't know. I think it was about a TV in a tube TV because that's what it's about. So I've had this tube TV. I, I had a, a tube TV that I bought on Craigslist for fifty dollars. Great bargain. Sony Trinitron. Uh, it was like one of the last tube TVs made with H. It was HD tube TV square. You know, that's it was before they had the uh, you know the what those rectangular TVs. And at the time it came out, it was probably a fortune, but I paid 50 bucks. The TV weighs about 300 plus pounds because it's a tube TV. A tube TV really is a good, it's too bad they got rid of those because that's really a good podcast for this podcast where tube TV. So I have to, somebody will have to remind me that uh, I have to reinvent that meaning of that word. So I got this tube TV, right? And now I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, and I had it in my place here where I live, the apartment. And last year, so one year ago, or a little bit more, between Black Friday and Christmas, or Cyber Monday, yes, I bought a TV, new TV. I said, Scoots, I, find, I have a formula. If anybody's thinking about buying a TV, I have a simple formula so you know how much to pay. I haven't readjusted it for 4K TV, so but, but I'll give you the number. Uh, it's really simple. But, I, you know, this TV fit my mathematical formula that I could buy a TV. So that's one, the kind of person that makes a package. It's a person that has a mathematical formula who can barely do math in order to buy a TV. Uh, and so I bought this TV, and it was a nice TV. It was another, t- I, I guess I prefer, I'm a, like a nearly ending adopter. I got like a plasma as they were going out, you know. So I had a tube, you know, I'm on, I'm on the late side, creaky side of dulcet, even in my purchases. But so I get this TV, I take the other TV, very heavy, I take it off the TV stand, I put the new TV in there. And this tube TV is humongous, so it takes up a portion of my living room floor. So I just push it into, not even in a corner, but against a wall under a window next to the chair my dog likes to sit in. It's her chair. I guess it's not her bed, I guess it is her bed sometimes, but... uh and there that TV sat through the seasons, through an entire... If this was a movie, we'd go to the... Um, we'd play a song, and then we'd do a time-lapse through the seasons. 
and you'll probably change, rewrite it so it took place not in the Bay Area where there are seasons somewhere else. And maybe we do, you know, seasons change, and I would, you know, maybe I wouldn't shave or something, or I'd change outfits. But the TV would not change. It was sitting there on some old towels. It, at one point, it was on a, a flatbed, flatbed, and then I d- decided, well, I had, it was borrowed, so I said, well, I got to return that. It's a, and, and I can't quite explain this. This is where we get into this strange space that hopefully a lot of you can relate to and hopefully this translates to a lot of your bedtime this mysterious thing and i'm not being joking it's like okay i am a functional adult near adult uh, but something about this tv became a vortex of impossibility it couldn't find it couldn't find the will to find someone to help me move it or every time I did, I said they would do about 10 times. I said to my buddy, I said, when he was coming to pick me up for work or bringing me home from work, he said, well, why don't you come early? And then whatever. I said, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to deal with that TV. So that's probably maybe not 10 times, maybe eight times I did that. It was like four in the early morning and four after work. And so then, then the TV sat there. And at some point, I just stopped it and I said, okay. And I think most of me forgets about it, forgets that time's pass, and kind of detaches myself. But the TV's still there, occupying this huge portion of my living room. Ugly, you would say. And I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly, uh, you know, I don't know, whoever, you know, keeps a nice place. So whatever that decluttering book is, is Zen, Zen a decluttering or whatever, where you say, is this bring me joy? And I'm not trying to bag on that because it's probably like this TV was not bringing me joy. It was as close to an albatross as I could get, except my ship, I was only, you know, I was the only crewman, except, you know, the t- I don't know, it was a bit. So the TV sat there in time passed. And every once in a while I'd think about trying to deal with it. And I would get to, see, and again, a lot of people would uh, out there in the fully functional world or the people that, you know, proclaim they're fully functional. I might say this to someone around the old water cooler. If you had a job, you know, if there was ever a job that actually paid for water anymore these days, they said tap, what's called tap water. Anyway, that's a soapbox moment. Um, I'd say, they say, well, why can't you move your TV? I don't know. It's this thing inside me. It's not, it's some sort of uh, squinching going on inside me. In your body? Well, my body and my feelings, I think it's, it's a squinch, more of a squinch. Squinch and a squish, all those things right inside, right, right here. And you just make a broad general motion around my whole body. And, my, and they say, well, have you told, why don't you just get rid of the TV? Well, because, eh. and they say, well, just can't you just, get, can't you, let's go get rid of it. And they say, all right, I got to get back to the spreadsheets that I'm avoiding doing too, because they, they don't, they scrimp me. It's a little more of a scrimp than the scrunch scrunch. And so time went by, and I would go through these things, and I felt ashamed. There was a part of me that felt ashamed. There was a part of me that felt embarrassed. A part of me that self, felt self-critical. Parts of me that overthought about it. Or said, if only you were the kind of person that could deal with your TVs, you know, the, the rest of this stuff would just fall right into place. And even that siren song didn't really... I say one day, you know, you'll get a magical TV fairy. He'll come in and just take care of that. I say, okay, I'll be waiting on that one. And so, uh, so there the TV sat. And maybe this is a sign. And this does parallel some of the stuff that's going on in the podcast. And uh, you know, 
or when you're lying in bed, I don't know, if you've got voices like this. Uh, but every once in a while, I'll be like, hey, bud, why don't we deal with that TV? And I say, who, who said that, you know? They say, no, 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 I, you're too, you know, what are you, the, the, the part of me that goes running and s- smiles a lot? No, thanks. Okay, I got I got I get this TV problem right where I want it. And then the silence, you know, it's the kind of silence that eats at you. And then you get the scrunch like, And then you'll say, okay, I think I'm going to go to bed. I'll go back to bed. I'm not tired, but I think I'll curl up for a while. And that went on. As I said, seasons change, but the, the situation didn't. But there's something, you know, change is afoot. And I said to myself... And this is a strange thing to say, it's impossible. But to me, getting rid of this TV, at least on a 66% of me level, was impossible. It was a task that was never going to happen, and I was fully incapable of doing. And then I said to myself, and, I, and, and these things just tend to accumulate in my life, these little impossible things. And I, don't, I think for those people that can relate to that, it, it does seem funny and it's incredibly painful at the same time, and maybe on some level that people would scoff at. And, you know, when when in the face of real suffering, this is not r- true suffering. I don't want to take anything away from that. Uh, these are luxury problems, but, to, you know, our emotions kind of, I guess, make them feel real or something. I don't know. But, you know, so... But at some point in the last month, I said, man, I got to get... I said, come on, let's see if we can do this. And then, you know, I don't really have like a to- emotional toolkit. I have more of a disorganized emotional tool drawer with other stuff in there, including, you know, uh, open maple syrup packets or maple syrup like, you know, mixed in there, you know, with Sharpies without their tops. So when I dig into the old emotional toolkit, it takes some, you know, looking around. But I said, finally, something I, said, I found someone said, hey, just, just, uh, why don't you look at it? So then I said, oh, wow, just get on Craigslist? You kidding me? That's how easy it was? So then I got on Craigslist. I said, oh, and I said, hey, what's the name? What's the number on the TV? Put that into Craigslist. And I guess what I'm trying to tell you is then I did that. And then I saw in Washington and Baltimore. And in Indiana, a few other states, people had given these TVs away for free, which was my intention. And I said, well, I could just cut cut and paste it, man. Do, and then something said, hey, buddy, let's do it right now. And, 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 and then I said, okay. And then, it, I mean, the other voices were still there. Believe me, what are you, what are you doing? You know, even Nana, would you think, you know, Nana's you're going to give away a free TV? Oh, boy. Well, I'll see you soon up here because you're on your way. I said, well, Nana, you can't be up there. Oh, well, what kind of... And, and then, so, you know, that whole thing went on. But I put it up there, and then the, I, I got just cut to the chase. The TV's gone from my life. And it feels good. It feels really good. I'm not kidding you. And it, I know it'll wear off. And maybe, hopefully, I won't fall in the habit of, you know... Letting that open space, I said, well, I can now open those cabinets after a year. And then the, they said, hey, we're having a party in here, the dust moats. And I said, well, how about I, uh, you know, well, I don't own a vacuum, so I can't ruin your party, actually. And I don't have the willpower today to deal with your moat party. Ain't no party like a dust moat party, you know, because the dust moat party, 
you know, doesn't stop unless you stop it. It was possible. And, and you might say you look back at it in some, you know, stern department. You say, well, it's possible all along. Why don't you just, what's wrong? And I said, well, okay, can I, can I just try to move forward with this one? And I'll tell you what the main message is. You know, I'm not a well person. I guess that's the main message. Uh, but I'm still trying to function in this world like the rest of us. And I think a lot of you out there, you say, Jesus, I don't know what, you know, I got the user user manual that doesn't include pictures or the language. Any, you know, I say, what is it? And they say, it's not a user manual. That That's a buttered toast. And I say, well, this is my roadmap for life, a piece of buttered toast. And they say, well, no, 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 it's a pretend buttered toast. It's, and I say, okay, that's getting too metaphorical. And they say, you, that's my roadmap for life, a metaphor of a toast. And so that's somehow how I got here. But I want to let you know, it's like these things seem impossible. And this just really happened. And, and it does feel good. And I don't want to take that away from anybody, uh, that these little tiny impossible things... Like all those voices that might carpet you at night that I'm trying to distract you from. Uh, there is hope out there. And right now there'll be distraction. There'll be about 45 minutes of me talking, lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders. Uh, but that's why I'm here is to take your mind off stuff. Because goodness gracious, if you have anything like that, and that's just a TV, just think about the, you know, it's okay, you know. I can relate, and whether it's your ankle or something that happened at work or a relationship or a serious, serious thing you're going through or just something you're excited about, uh, it's important, but but it's also bedtime, okay? And I want to have a little, I guess mercy is the right word. Say, hey, this guy, he can't get rid of his TV he finally did. Let, let him have a little grin and a little joy about it, okay? And I want to do the same for you at bedtime. I guess I'll create a safe place just like I created a, you know, I guess like a moat party zone. I guess I created parking for the moat if the dust moats have cars. They say, well, I cleared up a safe place for us to park our moat mobiles. I say, great. So then they created another, and they say, okay, well, I'll have to deal with that. And whether I deal with it tomorrow or the next day, tonight, it's time for rest. You deserve rest. And that's why I'm here. I'm glad you stopped by. If it's your first time here, this podcast is out there uh, or in there. It's like the uh, the one dust moat that's listening to the party. And yeah, we're dust moat friendly party or podcast too. So uh, I don't know. I'm glad you're, what I'm trying to say is I'm glad you're here, and I really hope I help you fall asleep. Thanks for stopping by. Okay, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Older episodes are there. You can find our show notes on the website. You can comment on the website. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, you can comment on Twitter at Dear Scooter, Facebook at sleepwithmepodcast.com. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful, who does our music and edits some of our shows. I want to thank uh, Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. I want to thank our moderators over at our Facebook group, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods. Uh, that's Lie to Lie, Rachel L to the G, Jennifer B, Julie C, Alexandra and Laura. 
I want to thank Latitude, who does our subreddit over at sleepingmepodcast.com slash reddit. I want to thank uh, our uh, Babs Award of the Week or the Month or the Millennium Nug over at Illusionoid Podcast or just at Nug13 on Twitter. And I, I just want to take a second to thank everyone who's given me feedback about figuring stuff out about the podcast, about the state of the podcast episode. Or just say it was giving me feedback in general. You know, without the feedback, uh, the podcast would become stale. This is my belief. Uh, it might become an echo chamber. Or, I don't know, the feedback we get are all different little, you know, there's Roy G. Biv in the spectrum, I think, and that's not even all the spectrum of light. I, I think Roy G. Biv got indicted. I don't know if is it indicted, but, but uh, because they said, well, you don't even got ultraviolet and uh, subviolet and Beauregard violets, you know, of course, and burnt sienna on the other side. Where the hell is my burnt sienna, you know? So, and I, mean, I guess I'm making it light. I'm making light of this pun, accidental pun city. Uh, but really, uh, that's what grows all the different spectrums of light. Roy G. Biv Plus, we'll just call it, on both sides. So, plus Roy G. Biv, or we could do, equal, you know, the less, I don't know, something. You know, Roy G. Biv, you know, Roy, Roy G. Bell Biv DeVoe. How about that? I bet you there's still nothing for the electromagnetics, but Bell Biv, Bell, yeah. Roy G. Bell Bell, E, electromagnetic. L, that's the uh, longitudinal, you know, the uh, that one. There's, you know, all the spectrums can be in there. We could just substitute. Don't feel bad, electromagnetic or ultra-infrared is in there. Biv, B-I-V, infrared. You know, whatever the hell runs those CAT scans and stuff, we'll put it at pet. You know, we'll put it in there somewhere. Uh, BBD, we'll add that. You know, my East Coast family. Uh, but so those are all the, that light helps the podcast grow is what I'm saying. Uh, and I appreciate every piece of feedback I get. And it's my job on the podcast side to to percolate that and to process it, and then just and and to, I guess I don't know. To convert, you know, I guess I'm not, am I the, I guess maybe I'm the prism. I don't think I have, I mean, to be the prism would be such an honor. But I, I guess I'm a bit prismatic because I'm not paired, you know, the other kind. So, so that's it. I just want to say thank you is what I want to say to each and every one of you. Okay. Don't, don't let your brain bots or your shame bots say you're not entitled to your opinion about this podcast. And yeah, I can't make, I'm not here to make the podcast, the perfect podcast or the podcast that it please everybody. And I think all, everyone knows that. And I feel supported. So I feel very, very supported. And, and like I said, there is only reason for hope here. And we're stretching for hope, uh, you know. Say, you know, the dictate, dictator of debates 2016, stretching for hope. You know, something like that. Brain plasticity. We're testing out to see if it's real. All right, thanks so much. All right, so hey, everybody's uh, Scoots here. And so we're, we're working on this new Get Bessos series, right? But I'm trying to, 
I guess I didn't realize what I had undertaken. I said, well, I should probably know how that first season ended. And I was like, well, maybe I could do recaps of uh, the, all the episodes here as I try to, you know, uh, create a little margin while I write the show. I like to have a two, you know, ideally a two-week cushion. And right now it's January 3rd when I'm recording this. Ideally this will come out, what, about the second week of January, this episode. And I said, well, so then I started, I didn't, I had no idea how many episodes of Get Bessos there were. Uh, so I'm going to do some recaps this week and next week. I still don't think I can make it through all the episodes. But I need to make sure I know what happened at the end. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not, most of you people were asleep or not listening. I strongly uh, don't recommend listening to these episodes uh, for sleep, especially the early ones. Uh, a lot of these episodes are about two years old, and the podcast has changed a lot since then. I was a lot more nervous, my vo- you know, so I had my polite teacher voice on and uh, just uh, talk about some stuff that would uh, definitely I wouldn't talk about that would keep people up at night, uh, probably. But, and I've learned a lot. Again, I'm not, um, I'm really struck by the episodes were a lot shorter. Uh, so I guess I'll have some thoughts about what I learned so far, maybe what I noticed. Uh, episodes were, a lot of them were only 30 minutes. And I said, what, what was this kid thinking? 30 minutes, you know, that's not the psychological one-hour barrier that I now try to strive for over 50 minutes at least, ideally. So people can say, okay, you know, there's an hour of scoots if I can't sleep tonight. And then if I fall asleep in 10 minutes, then I have more scoots for the next few nights. Uh, but I guess, you know, I was new. So that's one thing. Um, intros had not um, become their own thing. This this one had much shorter intros. And I tell you what, for a while I really struggled with the intro thing because... Uh, there's a lot of podcast experts out there in quotes, and you know I listen. You know I'd never done a podcast before, so I was learning. I was listening to podcasts about podcasting, YouTube articles. Online. I was consuming everything I could to learn how to make podcasts. And a lot of people would say, if if I guarantee, if a podcast episode listened to my intro. They would never listen to my podcast again, and they would have words for me. It's usually you want to uh, tell what the show is going to be. A lot of people have no intros. or But but I think the best thing I ever heard, best advice I ever heard, came from not a podcast expert, but an expert podcaster, uh, Scott Aukerman. And he was talking about how when they were, when they developed shows over at his network, you know, they do, he, he really stresses like... Uh, setting things up, saying this is what you can expect tonight and this is what we're going to do and, and setting expectations, making people feel comfortable and, and that. And while a lot of shows are um, improv and comedy-based, like that you kind of know what to expect so you have some way to orient yourself. And so I kind of took that to heart uh, more than a lot of people say, just do an intro you know, for the new people and then go right into the show. But as the show's kind of developed organically and actually using what what I kind of learned just from the little, men, the little discussion that I heard Mr. Ackerman 
uh, or Scott, I don't think I'm in a position to call him Scott, who is someone I really look up to in podcasting and in, in general. Uh, but uh, is uh, you know, but then the people started to really enjoy the intros, and it became this like monologue type thing. And it became kind of the intro is kind of its own show. That's why I put in it. Some people don't like it and they can skip over it or they can listen to Sleep to Strange. Uh, but a lot of people, that's what does it for them and puts them to sleep. So I felt uh, as I started to notice that and hear from people on both sides, non-intro and intro sleepers will say, I said, well, um, you know, the non-intro people could skip it or and then I ended up getting Sleep to Strange uh, to satisfy them. But then the intro sleepers, I said, okay, let's try to shoot for this. Let's make it so new people really get a taste of what the podcast is in the first 10 minutes and say, oh, this isn't for me. Or they fall asleep or they say, well, uh, this isn't terrible. Uh, and then the portion of people that fall asleep during the intro, they have that uh, uh, familiarity it was kind of like taking what, what uh, Scott said and then saying, okay, well, let's make this, let's take something, this comedy genius, and let's dollify it. And, and that's what we did over here at the uh, Sleep With Me Science Factory. Uh, so that's one thing I noticed. Another thing was that I really would love, if I don't have a lot of time, to go through my old notebooks. And I'm about as organized as I sound on the podcast, probably less organized than that. Uh, so... I wouldn't even know where to start looking. I probably do. And so when I'm listening to these episodes, I'm really wondering, well, how much did I write these? Because a lot of times, for a while, I kept Essos was coming out three times a week. When it first started, it was a part of three fictional series a week. And then it went down to two a week. And I think at one point it got down to once a week. But it was always coming out at least twice a week, I think. And it had a little break um, uh, when we decided just to focus on uh, after the glass slipper. So uh, it was interesting to be like, wish I had a time machine to go back and be like, what was the little Scoots doing here? Uh, how much did I plan? I mean, honestly, I don't remember. And even though it was two years ago, I mean, that's a long time I've done. What's mind-blowing is I'm like, wow, I've done almost like 300 episodes or maybe like 200 since those episodes, or more. No, I guess 90, I don't know, it's, you know, it's math. So it was interesting to listen, and in some sense this was a very true serial uh, that I remember, because one of the spirits I loved was the repeats of Flash Gordon, and I think I might have talked about this already, but uh, bear with me was like this show that always seemed like it, a new episode started and it ended with a cliffhanger that wasn't picked up uh, like on the next episode. I mean, they would address it. Um, you see a lot redone nowadays on uh, more comedy stuff, uh, but it, like almost like uh, you would imagine the people that were writing Flash Gordon you know, were, were in a harried state as I was to be like, just keep churning out material. And so it wasn't following a structure, but it was definitely following following a meander. And, whoa, boy, was some of this stuff, uh, I, I did a lot of experiments listening. It, it could be very boring. Like I said, it could be jarring at times. Also, I didn't know how to shape the sound. 
in the sense that uh, so all the sound would be uh, level. So the volume, there's a lot of volume spikes and uh, voice spikes between RW and... So I didn't have lulling, soothing tones. And I was nervous so my voice was higher. I was trying a little harder to be funny and almost show... I don't know if... It, maybe this is more judgmental and might be incorrect. But to ham it up a little bit. But then it's like, well, maybe that's a good thing. You know, I, I say to myself, I don't know. Am I judging myself harshly or not? Uh, so that those are a couple of things I noticed as... Uh, and then a lot of the confusion about the way my voice sounds is like, yeah, I'm not doing my normal day. I think that was more my conversational voice, just like I was talking. And then also I wasn't using a preamp. So I guess, I don't know, now I'm kind of hooked on uh, I like there to be a lot of gain so that the sound is as clean as it can be, which I think... Uh, but I feel like I put so much gain, which is kind of like volume. This was, we talk about boring tangent. Uh, but I guess this, you know, who cares? You know, let's just put people to sleep here. So when I first started out, I had a borrowed microphone. It was called a, it was a shotgun mic that you would use kind of a lot of times in filming. And it was a condenser mic. So, uh, it, it was powered by a battery or, or some other thing. And it tended to it tended to give your voice a little volume just picking it up, and then I would ha I had that mic go straight into a recorder, which has a preamp but not a very good one, and so that's what I used for all those episodes up until just about a year ago. That was what I used until I dropped a recorder one too many times and broke it. Uh, that was right before the last holidays or right at the holidays. Uh, so that was all I was using. And then I started changing stuff around. Like, and then I got a dynamic mic, which needs a preamp. I didn't realize that, of course. And so then, and then, and now I kind of use everything. I've used a dynamic. Right now I'm using a condenser, but it's like a, a smaller condenser mic. So it's kind of like a hybrid. But the uh, on-location episodes, I still use a dynamic mic. And I have a backup dynamic mic, which is a great one. It's the ATR2100. And that's like the best one if you're going to start out because it's kind of caught. You can usually get it on sale on Amazon for 40 bucks. Unless you can borrow a mic, that's the best mic. So that's a good mic. So, so I've used a bunch of different mics and then different. I actually only had a cheap preamp. The first preamp I bought, I think I bought it for $30 on Amazon. Really didn't do too much research. And I don't think that worked out so hot, but I can still use that if I ever do any. It, 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 it didn't go to waste. I still have it. So I, I guess like as my, oh, so gain is like volume when you're uh, making audio. It says oh, increasing the gain. It sounds like you're increasing the volume, but it does more than, it's like uh, how much is the microphone picking up and I guess amplifying it, I don't know. Uh, when I record stuff, the, when I look at it in the audio editor, the gain still seems pretty low, but in my ears right now, it's pretty loud. And if I was to get any higher, you know, you could hear my dog breathing or my neighbors. So it's kind of a balance. 
And so I think that's some things. I don't know. And I don't know if I talked about another thing is like the the series that were canceled. I think I did talk about that, but it was interesting that I was like, okay, this the get besos, you know, the schedule kept changing because I had tested out that uh, I don't even know what it was called now, Florida Project, where the guy was trying to start a brothel in Florida, and he was driving across the country. I said, well, this isn't working. And then there was another show that got canceled that only went, I think there was only one episode, there might have been two. And that was about two best friends that were going to try to get into the Olympics uh, purely because they were like in middle age uh, so they could go to the Olympic Village and, you know, cover your ears if you're sensitive. Uh, partake, and I still think that's a good story idea, partake in the uh, athletic activities that go on in the Olympic Village that aren't related to the um, Olympic Games. I mean, they probably they are in some sense. And uh, you might say, Scooch, you sound pretty fr- frustrated back then. And I would say back then, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, but uh, So that show got canceled, I think, after only one episode. Now, that was one, and, I, and sorry if I talked about this, but it, it was one it was a story idea I wanted to get out and see if it was a good story, but it wasn't necessarily a good podcast story. I think that's what I said last time. Uh, so I'm not, you know, you know me, I'm not afraid to cancel things. So that was the other thing. Uh, so with that, uh, let's start to do some recap here. Now, believe it or not, let's see, there was of the total Get Bessos episodes. This is going to f- blow you. It blew me away. Uh, Gap Bessos had 37 episodes, 37, you believe that? And I think probably only a third of them were short, maybe all of them, but even if they were short, that's still like almost 20 episodes of an hour. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, so I was like, wow, Scoots, you did a lot there, which also does the serial things. It's kind of like, and I don't mean the podcast serial, I mean the old radio serials or... I guess I don't have another way to describe it, but stuff like out of the Pulp Fiction novels or sci-fi novels, like an ongoing story, kind of, I guess mostly like a soap opera. Just this was like a weird, super bizarre soap opera, an unintentional soap opera without soap opera elements. But the only thing was that, you know, soap opera's on every day, and there's a lot of writing that's got to go on to keep that going every day. So, yeah, I was really, my mind was blown. So I think last week we talked about uh, Get Bessos. That was the initial series, uh, the pilot, I guess you would say. And that was, you know, James Cashpenny and Richard Warren Sears decide to go and get Bessos. And then there was a vice, vice Heaven, which was uh, where they decide to, where they end up on a cruise ship. And they... Uh, they had to, again, they had to get a thumb drive uh, for this guy, Hans and Gorbelli, that were, uh, they were working for. And then there was this other one. It was called Seven uh, Types of Nincompoop is a polite title. And that was very graphic, I would say. Most listeners now would flip if they heard that. I uh, say strong R, very strong R rating if it was a movie. And that was about kind of tricking a guy that had worked with the devil before. And this is a comedic devil, so don't worry about it preying on any fears of yours, you know. 
and maybe we'll talk about that as we that'll probably be the next when we get into the more uh but they had to trick that guy i don't know why i, I guess i told him like huh, we're, we're, we're. so that was that one episode four was called we don't keep up with anyone that was a fun one and that was james and they were working in a shopping mall and i'm not sure exactly what they're trying to accomplish again uh it's, it's hard, like, I'm trying to f- listen to these in my spare time. And then I'm like, you, you know, it's not exactly the top of my list to listen to myself in, in extreme detail. Uh, so it's, it's tough, and I can see why people fall asleep now, for sure, even to these ones, because uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, super, 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 superfluous, I want to say superfluity, uh I know that's not a word, but, you know, that's what there was so much extra. But I thought that was fun, you know, you know, talking about the Kardashians. And then the next episode was episode five, which we haven't got to. That was called, uh, it was about a flapper. And this was an interesting one. James and Richard Warren, they were on another mission. They were up in uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. Maybe, which is my not my favorite place in Canada. Wherever you live in Canada, of course, that's my favorite place. You know, you, right, right, the one that loves you. Yeah, that's my favorite place. But that's my favorite generic place because that's where Paul Schaefer's from. And it just sounds cool, Thunder Bay. Uh, so they went there to, uh, it was, it was cool because I get to play with stuff from my childhood. So they were in a uh, former uh, KGB training area that was made to look like a western U.S. town, like a theme park, but it had been purchased by a mega corporation, I think an oil corporation. And James and uh, Richard were there, I think, to get some get something. Yeah, but a lot of it was them fighting over this inlaid box. And James, that was when he was still a bit of a Lothario, so he was trying to make some moves. And there was some good comedy, uh, or not good, but, you know, comedy ideas in there because, you know, they were trying to imitate, like the whole town was workers, but it had like all the... It was almost like a working cruise ship, you know, it had a town bar. And they were trying to trick the workers into thinking. Uh, so there was some slapstick. And I said, well, slapstick in a sleep podcast, eh? Uh, so that was that, that one. And then the next one, uh, it might have been another one in between. Hold, hold on one second. Okay, so the next one is 43. It was episode 6. It came out February 11th. I guess 2014, wow. And it was called Tarts Lemonade and Crazy. And this is the uh, blurb. It says, Cash, in quotes, and RW spent some quality time with a multimillionaire serial entrepreneur with self-esteem issues. Imagine if Mark Zuckerberg had a conversation with the founder of a high school yearbook company. And... Uh, it was, this was one I actually liked, uh, some things about it, uh, cause there was this character Darian and James had met him. Darian was this serial entrepreneur 
And he was kind of, uh, I think this was before I had started watching Silicon Valley. And he's a little bit different than Richard in Silicon Valley. Not quite as good a character. But Darian was not a main character anyway. Uh, But Darian was kind of like uh, not very good with people and has some emotional issues. But James met him and kind of took him under his wing all in one episode. And then R.W. kind of tried to take him under his wing. But Darian had invented... uh, he had, you know, gone through, and he was really inventive. So, but the thing he had at the time, which now Starbucks does, is called Coffee Q. And it would detect, like, you, it would order your coffee for you, and it was a location-aware service. So it kind of knew, oh, you like just black, that's me, medium black coffee, that's what I would order. And it would know the time of day, so you would just go to the coffee place and go in and pick up your coffee. Or, you know, you could interact with the app if you want to change your order or cancel. But if it's like 8.30 in the morning and you're going near the Starbucks or whatever, it would just order it and you'd go get it. Which now kind of Starbucks' app does. Now I'll tell you that when I order it, uh, 80% of the time I get ignored when I go up to the thing. No offense to Starbucks or other employees. I have this effect on most, you know, humans. And then I get very angry because I say, I order this thing on the friggin' app where, you know, it's just a coffee. And I say, hello, I can see you're ignoring me. Uh, and I say, and then I, then I usually, then it's like when I, I'm like, wow, is Larry David my father? Because then I turn and I huff and I start talking. I say, you believe this? You believe this? And I do I order this thing on an app, and I'm waiting here. And the Starbucks usually has a terrible line. And it works, though, because then I say, every once in a while, you know, I say I shouldn't even order the coffee. But then I say, well, what about a, you know, a little extra? Uh, so, but Darian had invented it before Starbucks, and James saw the potential. And I think... There might have been a nefarious element that Hans Zimmer Gorbelli, who is our uh, uh, who who is our removed villain, he I think wanted this the rights to this app for some reason. I'm, I'm not sure. Again, I had trouble following uh, following it. And then towards the end of this episode, I decided to start listening at double speed. I was listening at single speed, and then I uh, maybe it was in, no, I think it was the end of this episode. I said 1.5. I was walking the dog. And I kicked it up to 1.5, and then I said, I think I can go to 2, which I don't recommend other than the Ray episodes. Uh, I I listened once at 1.5. It was hilarious. And I know people that do this with podcasts. I like listening to podcasts at one time to speak because I like the people's voices, and I like listening to them. And obviously a sleep podcast, you you might want want to listen at normal speed, but who knows, you know, do, do as you wish. Uh, so I think that's the way it kind of ended is like they had this developing friendship with Darian and all seemed well. So obviously I had to undo that fast, which I did. And then the next episode, uh, which was 46. Oh, so this is some point we were only coming out once a week because oh, we had after the glass slipper and the Florida project, I guess. Uh, this was episode seven. It was called Three Life Lessons from Cobra Commander. 
Uh, and this says R.W. and Cash end up at a funeral arguing over a co uh, Cobra Commander, Ether, and a will. And this is when you get into, like, wh what I find amusing, which is, you know, bad stuff. Because uh, what had happened is they were at Darian's funeral, and the R.W. was speaking, you know, because that's just his personality type, even though he didn't really, he, he wanted to be the speaker. And they would, had kind of gotten Darian's, uh, they had bought Darian's company or gotten the rights to his company. And then unintentionally, I guess at this point, and I don't know if this is true, so it's probably salacious and only fictional, R.W. had a, uh, what do you call it, a proclivity for ether. Uh, so they had scored some ether and peanuts, and Darian, it turns out, is allergic to both, I think. And so R.W. and him and James, they, you know, ate, ate nuts and ether, which is crazy. And then Darian, you know, passed away, which came out during the episode as like, you know, they acted like they were sad Darian was gone. Then the family wanted Darian's money, clearly, which then it became like a little bit farcical, like who loves, who loves Darian the most? Who knows Darian? Uh, but one thing was, this was a, one of the few times I repurposed, I guess that's a term people use, repurposed content. Because this was based on a, a speech I gave called, I think it was called 10 Life Lessons I Learned from Cobra Commander. Which I guess maybe if I give a TED Talk, that would probably be it. Uh, but it was uh, this was during a time when I was uh, uh, down, down and out uh, and having a lot of anxiety and I needed to figure out a career. So I joined Toastmasters because I was terrified of public speaking and, and humans. And so I joined this local Toastmasters. Uh, so during, you know, about six months after President Obama took off, so in the middle of this recession, I joined this Toastmasters thing. And Toastmasters, is, I think it's different everywhere. You know, you got to find a club where you fit in. But it's like a, it's supposed to be a nonprofit, very affordable, almost should cost you almost nothing, or like I think the one I was in cost like fifteen bucks every six months, maybe it's more, but not that much more. Where you learn to speak public speaking and you nurture other people's public speaking, you learn to give feedback. And I think this was this was a little while ago, but I was by no means I was in my thirties, but I was much younger than everyone in there. That's not a judgmental thing. And a lot of people were, were hurting because of the economy. So it was a pretty busy group uh, of wonderful, wonderful people. I'm not being facetious. I can picture their faces now. And they were all very nice to me. And I feel like I learned a lot, even though it's hard to do these things. And, and this is a little bit sad, but when you're frozen on the inside, as I tend to be, uh, you know, this podcast is, is my, my attempts to thaw things or to be my best. But out there in the deep, dark night or even the uh, midday sun, you know, I, 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 I'm a bit cold, cold on the inside and afraid. But this was a part, a part of me to reach out. Now, at some point, I had to start giving speeches and it, this, these people could have not been more uh, welcomely, welcoming of my lunacy. So this is actually, I never thought about it, but something about, and actually there's one thing one person said to me that helped lead to this podcast. So 
I guess as we dig through these old episodes, we really are getting some good stuff here. Uh, but so uh, at one point I, I had to give a speech, I think like stuff you learned, and I gave a speech, uh, 10 things that I learned about Cobra Commander, which was the wrong audience because no one, everyone was older than me. Just like now, a lot of people that are younger probably are like, who the hell's Cobra Commander? Uh, but for people born, I think, between 82 and 70, you probably know who Cobra Commander's boys, you know, or maybe no one. But uh, I had a picture of Cobra Commander, and I described the Cobra Commander uh, to the group. And, you know, obviously people's faces were like, just like when you listen to this podcast, but this was a speech not meant to put people to sleep to, to show how much I owed to Cobra Commander. Oh, and so if you don't know who Cobra Commander was, there's a cartoon on when I was a little kid, a little, little kid, uh, called G.I. Joe. And G.I. Joe was the name, and it, it was made into movies. I didn't see the movies, but well, I started to watch one when I was really drunk, and then I, I fell asleep. Uh, but um, uh, G.I. Joe was the good guys, and Cobra Commander, he, he was the leader of the bad guys, the, the Cobras, the Cobra he was a commander of Cobra, which was like a, a bad guy organization. Now they use the T word back then, but you can't really use that anymore. Um, and it was, it was, even as a child, you know, I was a, like, uh, I was born with square head or whatever, because it was, I found it so infuriating, uh, that Cobra commander would always lose every episode. GI Joe won, the good guys won. And apparently evil guy, according to G.I. Joe, lost. And even though I watched, I guess it just shows how my pattern of uh, uh, fueling visceral frustration or whatever, I couldn't take it. It just made me so... And and I like would I, I did not like G.I. Joe. Let's be honest. Any of the G.I. Joes except for Snake Eyes was the cool G.I. Joe. And maybe the dog guy, because I had him and I liked dogs. I think that's it. The rest of the G.I. Joes, you know, could go drink some water or whatever you say that's polite. You know, hit the road, Joe. And it's not that I liked Cobra Commander, because Cobra Commander was a bit of a, a bit of a, a, he was a fool and irritating and a baby. Uh, but I identified with him because he never could win. He was Sisyphus reborn, and and and, uh, and he was his own worst enemy. Well, little did I know, I guess you know, they had to live. You know, that I'm Cobra Commander. I live a double life as Cobra Commander. Uh, just in the mirror, you know, just performing. Uh, so I gave a speech about Cobra Commander, pretending that I kind of like put his irritating stuff to the side. And just talked about, and so I, I don't know, I guess I was desperate that weekend. I said, oh, I could use that Cobra Commander speech because that didn't go over well there, but maybe in the podcast. And I kind of identified with this character, Darian, so I figured maybe Darian was into Cobra Commander like I was. Uh, so, so that was that episode. Uh, the next episode was called, uh, oh, uh, so I don't know, I guess I was thinking, how did that episode end? But I guess they acquired the rights to Darian's company, which I think they're going to use as a way to lure, uh, Bessos. Uh, but then episode 49, which was episode, 
eight already of uh, Get Besos. It's called Getting Palomore for the Candyman and the Music Man. A bit of a clickbait title. Uh, but tonight, Warren and Cash frack the F out of a shareholders meeting. And this one, as far as I could tell, I listened to this at two, two, two times speed for sure. Uh, it was more slapstick, uh, slapsticky, and, and these were really boring, which I guess inform another deci- good decision we've made here. But uh, they wanted to, James Lake was reading about J.C. Penny, which had rebranded itself J.C.P., which was a disaster. So then they were going to rebrand. So he wanted to go to their shareholder meeting and start trouble, which, of course, would be hilarious. Uh, to me, I mean, in real life, can you imagine? I mean, I'm afraid to get arrested. So, but to, if, if it was an impersonator, but if it was really James Cash Penny from Purgatory at a J.C. Penny shareholder meeting, you know, it would be great. But then they end up going to a fracking meeting, and this is one. So I guess like a lot of the news works its way in here. And this was one, and I guess this is like from the book of Vonnegut Light, as I tend to be on this podcast. But uh, it was, you know, these two imperialists or whatever you want to call them, captains of industry. And James was telling R.W. about, this was one of my favorite moments in the whole series, actually. Probably heard it somewhere else and just recycled it. But uh, he was telling R.W. about fracking. I guess I got to get obsessed about fracking. Like, you know, that's another thing that drives me nuts. So, but uh, he was explaining to R.W. about fracking and everything that he had read about it. And R.W., who's kind of like the worst of the two, he was even he, he, when he heard what fracking was and the mechanics of it and the results, he said, my God, uh, I can't believe that this country is doing that to third world nations, like poisoning their groundwater, stealing their oil, you know, destroying the earth, you know, just just, and then James was like, no, 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 it's in Pennsylvania. And then, uh, you know, the RW, he had some good, he said, that's the Keystone State you got. And then it was like, oh, you know, I don't know know if that's irony or theme, theme alert, but. So, you know, I liked getting in a little uh, subversive element every once in a while. And I think now I try to do my subversiveness even on a lower tone because, again, I don't want to subvert anybody's sleep, you know. I try to get it, you know, I, I try to, you know, keep, keep. Uh, so uh, I don't know what happened at that meeting. I think they just broke up the shareholder meeting. But the reason it was called Polymore it was kind of clickbait because then it ended up the lawyer at the, or some other guy was competing with them or something. Maybe that was a, a guy that was in opposition of core belly. And then I did this guided meditation with that guy and he was in, he had just gotten, he was in a polyamorous relationship, you know, a serious one, not us, you know, not a casual one. And then his two partners broke up with him. And uh, I don't know, it's weird. I mean, this podcast can get even weirder than you think. Uh, the next episode, so then we took a break. to. So that was 49, episode 49. So only one short of the first 50 episodes there. Uh, the next episode didn't come out till 60, and that came out March 23rd. So the next 11 episodes looks like we're finishing out... Uh, 
uh, after Glass Slipper season one, and that was that. So that was episode nine called "The Fear of Flying," and it says uh, tonight the return of our series get Bessos. R.W. and James Cash are about to board a plane, board a plane bound for the corporate HQ of Bessos's empire. Before they leave, James has second thoughts, or is a change of heart, cold feet, or fear of flying. Uh, either way, I'll put you to sleep. That was forty-eight minutes long, uh, and this was, I guess, like since I'd had some time off from this, I said, "Oh boy, let's uh, rein this story. Let's try to at least give this story, like, where's this going? How long?" And again, I was still stuck with this conundrum. What are we going to do about this Bessos? Because we can't just get him. That's not very sleepy. And it doesn't really set a good example. You know, I don't want anybody listening to this podcast and thinking about doing that. Uh, you know, unless you're going to get him and tickle him. Uh, but so the fear flying one was where Jane... Now, the, the caveat of the show or whatever you want to call it was that R.W. wants to return to Earth to get Jeff Bessos on this fool's errand. And James goes with him, one, because he's uh, missing, you know, some of the luxuries of Earth, and two, because this is his best friend. And so this was kind of like a turning point or a turning back point where James was like, what if he was talking to R.W.? Because he said, well, if we get on a plane to head to Bessos, you know, that's really like uh, making this a solid plan. We're going to get him. Then we see him, we're going to have to get him or something. And he was kind of saying, I don't know about this. You know, we're in purgatory or whatever limbo. I'm thinking we're going to get into heaven. You know, if we go get Bessos, it's probably not good case. And he's like, even if we sneak back in, can we sneak back into purgatory now? And, you know, just forget the whole thing. Because I really don't want to go to hell. And R.W. talks him out. He says, aren't you my best friend? Just trust me, kind of. And James says, okay. And I think that was it. Then they get to the plane and then government agents come and get them, which is like, I was like, that's out of left field scoots. And so then the next episode, which came out March 25th, only 33 minutes long, is called This Is Just a Test, episode 61, number 10 in this series. Uh, here goes. The boys are detained by shadowy agents. What could they possibly want? Are the angels or dev devils looking to exact punishment? Will our heroes crack under pressure? What will become of George Packer? What secrets will be revealed? Uh, boring ones. And so this one was kind of funny because George Packer writes for The New Yorker. He had done a uh, article called Cheap Words about Jeff Bezos that I had read, which was very interesting, and R.W. in the story had read it. And then the guys were separated and they were interrogated by this secret police force. And this had elements of Star Trek, uh, Kobayashi Maru, and uh, Kaiser Soze came up in there, George Packer, and Bessos, and uh, also J James, uh, James's fear of he's like, geez, this could be it. Like, is this heaven trying to negotiate with us? And like they, but it ended up that, uh, I think it was unintentionally this one I listened to today while I was going to get donuts at twice speed. And I was also, and I can see this is one of the good things about podcasts in general. I was also worrying about things. So I was only half listening. Uh, so it's like, you got, you fall asleep. But if I'm listening during the day, you know, it's like, uh, 
don't know what I was worrying about. Oh, I know work. Eh. But, uh, uh, but so, you know, they go back and forth and then the, the people that interview them are trying to get them to break and they don't break. And it ends up it's just Bessos's like executive team like testing them to see if they're because they think they are being acquired. It's like his inner circle, and it was a test to see if James and Richard Warren were trustworthy. Uh, and it, they they passed the test. They passed it with so well, you know. And that was a Kobayashi Maru example. Was like that's a computer, but you reprogrammed people. NRW took credit for all of it. I don't know if, I think it was all unintentional, though. Maybe James, I mean, he's smart. And there's actually in the show notes here, there's stuff about omniscient narrator, narrative mode, uh, Kobayashi, Geyser, Kobayashi Maru, George Packer. So that was 61. Now, 62, that one do not listen to uh, unless it's the daytime and you have a because I said, man, this one really touched on a lot of uh, archetypal things that would keep people up at night. And I said, what was I thinking? Uh, so let me see how I'm going to uh, talk about it. Uh, they go to a hotel and they get kind of, uh, the executive team is there and they kind of, uh, what do you call it? When you get uh, initiate James and Richard and into like uh, Bessos's inner circle, uh, also uh, they go. James goes and like looks at Richard uh, Jeff Bessos's mansion, and he meets a woman who he kind of falls for, and she gives this great metaphor about uh, orca whales and the maternal nature of orca whales, uh, and uh, you know, you know, talking about human. I, I don't know. Very, very. She's way, way more well spoken than me. Uh, oh, here's the. I even have to edit the thing. A hotel, a drive to the coast to meet a lovely lady, and her lessons on temperate rainforests and orca whales and a tour with free soda. All of it ends in an elevator that goes straight to boredom town where you fall asleep. Uh, so then RW and James go and get a tour of Amazon. And RW can't believe that you can have soda and eat there. And, you know, what would that do to the profits? I think he even says this guy have a company to make money. And I think everyone just kind of laughed at that. And then we meet uh, the woman that James had fallen for. I was thinking this was going to be a love story. And I don't know if it quite developed that late way, but she ends up, her name is Miss Bessos. Angela is her first name, I think. I don't know if that's revealed yet, though. And James is going by some other name that I can't think of, a funny one, like Lipton, but not Lipton. And then they get on an elevator, and this will be our cliffhanger for tonight is because uh, this is one of my favorite episodes I've ever done, not, not from a quality standpoint, but uh, they get on an elevator and they get dropped into a tour bus of hell, and it's called Highlights of Hell. Buckle your safety belt for a guided tour of hell. Lust for life, gluttony, sandwiches, extreme sports will all be punished, but what will happen to our heroes? And I'm like halfway through listening to this one. Another one, if you're sensitive to either R-rated humor or stuff, you know, I've refined things and made them 
this is definitely not as sleepy as the current podcast, but uh, again, it, the, we're built on this foundation, crumbly as it may be. Uh, but this one really taps into where the series would go unexpectedly, kind of, uh, because of my love of the mythology of hell. Uh, and I'm not being joking, it's just such an interesting, I mean, I was raised Catholic, and but I don't think I really, uh, a lot of stuff I kind of just, you know, started creating my own stories, which were probably much worse than they were teaching us. But we have this, uh, you know, of all underworlds, of all cultures and belief systems, but uh, of like, there's so much beautiful art and literature speculating what these worlds would be like, these afterworlds, and I've always found myself drawn to it, especially the art. Holy moly. Uh, which, I mean, it's definitely not everybody's taste, but for me, I just find it. Uh, and, and, and then do, I get to do a lot of research and read more. And just it tickles my imagination. I don't know if that's, if you understand what I mean, but thinking about hell and then thinking about these new contexts. And thinking about two businessmen going there, and this was for a tour, kind of a bit like uh, a Total Recall at first, like getting a guided tour. And then, like, of course, what could possibly go wrong there? That's, like, so much fun. What a place to play in your imagination for an oddball like me, but H-E double hockey sticks. I don't know, I I was... uh, so I had a lot of fun the couple of trips we got to make there. And maybe to some people it's taboo or offensive. Uh, but to me, I'm not making a delineation of this is just fiction and uh, me following my curiosity about stuff. Uh, I, I don't know, and just the circles and all that. So we'll talk more about this next week as we continue our journey through Season 1. So, so far... I guess this is a good place to leave off because they've uh, entered the fold of Amazon and soon maybe we'll meet Jeff. And I still don't know what the proper, uh, the fake, which name is proper, B-E-S-O-S or B-E-Z-O-Z or Z-O-S, which is the proper fake and which is the proper real. But Jeff, that's a definitely uh, made up. So Jeff, we'll meet Jeff soon. And then again, there's like 37 episodes, so I think what I'm going to do this week is listen to the end, and we'll probably gleam through the middle, because I I, I got to, tomorrow I start writing, like I've been working on the overall structure of the story, and tomorrow I start writing the first episode, so I'm going to record it a week from to next, I mean a week from this Sunday, today. I don't know, I guess I was wondering how this would go if there would be enough tangents, but I got some personal tangents in there. You know, thanks for listening. I wonder, you know, what your thoughts are about all that stuff, or you could think about my microphone, or a little bit, you know, you could listen to one of those episodes again. I don't know if it's the best time, uh, but you could listen to that tomorrow, and, you know, all right, I'll talk to you. Oh, and uh, we got some thank yous coming up, so that'll help you smooth you off into dreamland. Good night. All right, uh, thank you. I want to thank Catherine K, Freaky Hippo, Kathleen W, Cat That Eight, 
who gave a uh, uh, fried chicken 40th birthday a shout out. Sounds like a lull's plan. I want to thank uh, Eli, good old Hodap, uh, over at Touch Arcade. I want to thank our good friend Jake, it's been a while, good old Jakey. I want to thank CN Shwarma uh, for recommending the podcast to buddy Kyle. I want to thank uh, L Mora. L. Thank you. Uh, Sarah B. Thank you. Glad your flight went nice. Uh, Debbie W. Thank you so much. Good night. Beth T. Uh, thank you and good night. Uh, Tamara, uh, Shoebox, thanks and good night. Uh, thank you, KDA, thank you and good night. Lila, I hope you had a good birthday party with your shirt, thank you. Aurora Jellybean, thank you and good night. Uh, Linda E, good night, thank you. Good night, Valerie W, good congrats on the new book, let us know when it comes out. Uh, Sunny S, thanks and good night. Uh, Illusionoid Podcast, as always, thank you. Uh, Morgan M., thank you and good night. Uh, Glenn B., thank you and good night. Uh, Cat BBY, thanks and good night. Ben C., good night and thank you. Yeah, Lee Loss, uh, that's a, thank you and good night. Jill, good night and thank you. Uh, Anya, good night. Joel D., good night, buddy. Uh, Judith, Judy, Jude, uh, Triple J, good night, thank you. Uh, Julie G., thank you and good night. Stacy, good night. Bonnie W.S., thanks and good night. Uh, Vesna, thank you and good night. Uh, Carrie K, thank you and good night and thanks again. Uh, Nug N U G, Nug Nug N, thank you and good night. Laura B, good night. Brenda F, good night. Penny R, Angie's Angie Angie. Oh boy. Agnieszka. Agnieszka, good night. Thank you. Good night. Uh, Bonnie W., thank you and good night. Laura, Vicky, good night, thank you. Debbie K., Mandy B., thank you, good night. Randy J., thank you and good night. Uh, Trish H., thanks and good night. Hope you found some snores. Ben B., thanks and good night. Uh, Kelly S., thank you and good night. Cousin Kevin F., thank you. Charlie K., thank you. Once again, Vivian and Tom, not double shot, you know, one for Vivian, one for Tom, good night. Uh, Dana Z, good night. Uh, over on iTunes, I want to thank everyone for their iTunes reviews. Sleep with me, podcast.com slash iTunes. Uh, TX Lion Cub does not like the podcast, one star, thank you. Paper Doll 22, they're addicted. Uh, Paper Doll 22 uh, is, uh, likes the serial stories, but they wish there was one every night. Yes, they, they, that's why I'm trying to figure out all the older episodes and stuff. So hopefully you could do, go back in time and give those ones a little more patience, but they're out there. 
Nabu the Charmin. Nabu the Charmin. No, I think that might be what's that guy's name on Star Wars? Uh, the, his cousin. Uh, the one Jar Jar Binks' cousin, the Charmin from Naboo. But they say this is from Australia. Uh, they say the Spagus might not work for everybody because they were skeptical. But it's so different than other guided meditation and sleep methods. It's effective. I may mutter, stutter, and prevaricate. It's not a sight word, so I can't again find it. Prevaricate. Uh, but it's all in the service of his innate talent for distracting, dulling, diffusing brain bots, and leading to the land of Nod. Thank you. And whatever they said about your cousin Jar Jar, you know, I like you. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Jar Jar either, but you might not. You know, you're his cousin. So, uh, JCB3030830308. I'm surprised I didn't stumble on that. Podcast is incredible. Wow. Thank you. For weeks struggling to fall asleep, uh, laying there. They always listen to audio, but the usual books weren't helping. And this is the right mix. So, it's a great thanks. Uh, grilly cheed. It's kind of like a grilled cheese, a brain bat that loves grilled cheese. That could be a the brain bat that loved grilled cheese, but it didn't have a mouth. So that's like some, is that irony or, or just, anyway, I don't know. Can you get to the thank yous? Okay, sure. Wow. They say grilly cheed. Uh, they wanted to see what this podcast was all about in five minutes. They were so bored, uh. It definitely works. Thank you, Grilly Cheed. And then we have sport, Spots Whipped. Spots WPT. Spots Whipped, I think. Beautifully boring. Puts you to sleep in 20 minutes. Perfect to fall asleep to. Thank you. This one's from Maggie E. Says Z. You know, one, two. I can't do I can't delineate all those Z's. About five or six, probably six or seven Z's, including a capital Z. Uh, I don't know how it works, but it does, and it, it worked right away. Thank you. Really works. Uh, that's from Frog Sam Sam. Said it once, I'll say it again. Frog Sam Sam. So that's the iTunes reviews. Thank you. Uh, emails. I want to say thanks to Amanda T. Thank you and good night. Uh, Judy, good night. I want to say good night to Jen. I want to say thank you to Oliver C. and good night for bringing me that, that to my attention. Teresa C., thank you and so much and good night. I want to thank the, the Silvertones. That's a new crew. We got a crew, we got a crew now who was playing Draw, Sco, Draw Scoots game. That's just cutest. And that's Tiffany, Trudy, Tristan, Caitlin, and Chris. You guys, I think you should have your own show because that's really... You got alliteration and then nice, uh, sil- I don't know if you call it sub- syllable of syllabification. Tiffany, Trudy, Tristan, Caitlin, and Chris. See, see how that goes? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the silver tones. It could be like the boring, I don't know what it could be. Hey, Tiffany, true, your hosts, Tiffany, Trudy, Tristan, Caitlin, and Chris. Does anyone that's awake in knowledgeable about, like, I don't know if it would be the structure of the English language, I guess, 
uh, why is it so pleasing to say that? Because it is Tr- Tiffany, Trudy, Tristan, Caitlin, and Chris. Uh, is that a iambic pentameter in names or something? Is, but anyway, they, they drew some nice pictures of me. Thank you. It made me laugh on a Friday. Alexandra, I want to say good night. I want to say good night to Joe. And good night. Uh, Ahab's wife, good night. Uh, Amanda T, good night. Uh, Tamara, good night. Or Tamara uh, W, thank you. Uh, Barbara, who can relate to the New Yorker stuff, thank you, Barbara. Uh, Kate F, thank you. And Tom, her brother Tom, thank you so much. Paul V, thank you and good night. Uh, Phil, everybody, Phil, good night. Uh, Bob, good night, Bob C. Jennifer D, thank you and good night. Uh, Marie in Wales, thank you and good night. Jenny, Jenny, thank you and good night. Sarah C, thank you and good night. Okay, thank you for the iTunes reviews. I want to thank, uh, uh, Georgia Norling from New Zealand, who says, really good. Thank you so much. Soothing and taking mind off things. Uh, here's one from Stuck on 80. It's a, it's a, it's a real thick review. I want to read through it. Thank you, Stuck on 80. It's an emoji of a sleeping emoji. I think. How soon till we can buy pet emojis? You know, has that already happened? I mean, for the love of God, commercialize these emojis already. So, you know, I know you can buy emoji packs and stuff. Uh, but they say, I've left a few reviews for some apps, but this is my first for a podcast. Uh, they discovered podcast October of 15 prior to making a drive from Anchorage through Canada to the state of Washington or Washington State. Uh, to them, the podcast, you know, keep the brain active. I've, I've actually drove the Pacific Northwest listening to podcasts, too. So uh, only as far north as past Vancouver where you could see the bald eagles. But from here, from the Bay Area. So cool. Uh, to me, podcasts keep the brain active. Once they, got, once they started listening they got to Washington State, they found this podcast. The title made them click on it, and it was something to, they were looking for because prior to that, they used a sleep app, which played sounds, but they were looping, and the brain, you know, the brain bots catch on to that stuff pretty quick. So then they would snap out of it, and then they wouldn't be able to fall asleep. How is this different, this podcast? First off, I don't. the scooter doesn't know how to explain it, but the voice is the moneymaker. Oh, boy. I'm going to shake it. I'm going to uh, dulce it like uh, it is creak. Uh, creaky. I'm going to creaky dulce it, uh, my tones there. Uh, yeah, they can't explain it. You'll just have to hear. Secondly, he tells the stories that kind of make sense, but... There's nothing to follow. You got that. Just lay there and listen. And then they saw that we had a bunch of nice reviews. They said, surely there's some that aren't. But then they mostly saw the good reviews. And here's their pitch for the podcast. This is this is the they, they'd like to share the fact that once they turn it on, it's set to shut off in 30 minutes, and they've only made it to the end and reset it once. So they put this podcast at 99.9% efficiency for them. So thank you. Uh, Libby B337, one of their essential podcasts. Thank you. Uh, Fred618, I don't know if that's a Fred Frinstone brain bot. 
Uh, but it says absurd in the best sense. Scooters as sharp as a razor, soft as a pillow. Wow. I think my mother said to me at Christmas, don't you own a razor? And then I cried in a pillow. Well, I didn't really cry. I, cry. I cried after I said, what kind of son are you? And then I cried. Quite a gift. That was a Christmas gift for me. Thanks for dredging that memory up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they've told, they can't say they've had totally successful results. For them, it tends to work better at the beginning of the night, uh, going to sleep, than getting back to sleep. So that's different. Some people, the reverse is true, but that's great. Uh, especially if you're closer, I guess, to dawn. But they can't hold that against me. Well, that's nice of you. Uh, but they a bit less of the pop culture tour de force. Uh uh, sometimes it's too effective. Uh, if I don't do, doze off before a story, sometimes they get a little hooked, but different strokes for different folks. Oh, different different strokes for different strokes. Everybody's got a special kind of story. Uh, everybody's got a way to shine, don't matter, you know, how it goes if you got what I want. I got yours to rule the world. Yes, it does, but everyone has sleep issues, so give it a shot. You never know. Well, thank you, Fred. And then uh, Rit, Riddlanger, Riddle, Riddle and Ranger. Wow. Uh, you know, those are sight words separated, but together it doesn't. That's uh, Riddle and Ranger. Title pretty much says it all. I love this podcast. Can't tell you about one episode. Auto, audio Ambient. And they said, you know, they're pretty boring. Well, I said, well, that's good to hear. I don't feel as alone. Uh, Riddle and Ranger, thank you. Uh, LR16. You know, if you said a, uh, what's that periodic table related brain bot? Works every time. Couldn't even tell you if the podcasts are good or not. They set them for 15 minutes, uh, and they're out. Absolute magic. And they're from the UK. Uh, Joe Hockey from the UK says this works better than even in our time. Scooter uses science to calm the pesky nighttime in her voice by telling you long. Involves stories in a soporic voice. See also Game of Drones. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy I found this. Uh, one of our newest, greatest fans, Daisy Swirl. I said, did I used to buy that Daisy Swirl? I, I said, that sounds like a good ice cream to have. Or if someone had, you know, like, who, who, who's that? what's that twinkle in your eyes? It's Daisy Swirl, you know. She works down at the... Uh, Ice Cream Swirl, and her name's Daisy Swirl. She's the best. Uh, but Daisy Swirl's happy we found it. Thank you. Don't know how you do it, but they never stay awake, and that's a good thing. Thank you. Hey, here's one from BP Cookie. Oh, BP B Pro Cookie. I thought it was BP Cookie, like a British petroleum-based cookie. Petroleum-based cookies, that would be rough. Uh, podcast is funny, but it still makes them fall asleep, does what it promises. Clears the head of racing thoughts, particular, peculiar, and I enjoy being described the way I would. And 4B uh, says, we're sleepy and amusing. If you have trouble, you know, you're in for a treat with this podcast that bores you sleep with silly stories and nonsense. Nonsense like speaking. I love the ones with Breaking Bad. Thank you, Flora. And then Miss Murphy Brown uh, from Canada says, It works for me, yawns, these. I wonder if there was a TV show called Murphy Brown in the 80s, and she had a child. 
which of course uh, some people got upset about for some reason. But I don't know if she had a daughter, if this could be her daughter. Uh, hey, TV executives looking for a cheap reboot? Miss Murphy Brown, there you go. I just did it for you, ba-boom. You know, you don't even have to pay me. You know, just pay your lawyers for when I sue you. But uh, I don't have, you know, it'll be more farcical because I'll be representing myself. First person I'm calling to the stand though is Miss Murphy Brown from Canada, who the podcast works for so much better than reading a boring com computer manual. So thank you. And, I'll, you know, I'll look forward to, you know, I don't know the laws in Canada yet, but I don't know them in the U.S., and they say, what qualifies you to do this? And I say, you know, the Constitution. So I'll have to figure out the corresponding thing in Canada. Probably, you know, I'll probably just bring in a tree and, a ma you know, ma maybe just a maple branch. Yeah, maple maple, maple syrup candy. Uh, I want to thank Rachel W., who's sharing us during the Amplify Chats. Uh, Robin L. over on Twitter, thank you. Aurora, who is sharing. Oh, she's got mistletoe kisses from Katie Fenton, narrated by Katie Fenton. That's thank you. Thank you. Nice. Uh, hope to see you to the S. Listening to us in hotels while traveling. Thank you. Uh, geeky girl recommending the podcast. Thank you. Uh, Brittany, the toast snob, taking naps to the podcast. Thank you. Lori S., thank you so much. Uh, Craig Mazin, I don't think he listens to the podcast, but I, uh, he's on my Twitter feed, so I love Craig. And John, just in case. Uh, I think I was asking them about Ice Pirates, but Craig did not like either. I actually didn't follow up. He said he didn't. I don't know if he didn't like Ice Pirates or he didn't see Ice Pirates as a kid. Also, probably a good time to apologize to Bill Pullman for getting him mixed up with Robert Ulrich. Uh, sorry about that, Bill. Uh, I also want to thank Scott. So I want to thank Bill Pullman for my assumption that you would forgive me if you ever heard that, because I love you. Uh, Scott Harper, thank you for your love, buddy. Uh, Ingrid, thank you so much. Uh, Feichel, I love saying that too, checking out maybe the Night Circus. That's cool. Thank you so much, Feichel. Uh, Debbie M., thank you. Thank you so much and good night. Melissa D. to the B., thank you. Uh, thanks for the support and the uh, positivity. Sarah C., thank you so much. Thank you for your input. That's helpful, too. Sarah G., thanks so much. Good night. Uh, Claire E., thank you and good night. That's Claire E., uh, Claire E., or Clarice. Uh, Linda E., thank you and good night. Good night, Joe. Thank you and good night. Uh, Nug, thanks, buddy. I'll be thanking you. I should, we should already heard a thank you unless I somehow forgot or screwed up your thank yous like I always do. Hopefully you're asleep anyway. An illusion white podcast. Listen, if I'm going to have sneak some little messages in there, be for people like Nug's illusion white podcast. I'm reaching out to my phone and I'm subscribing to illusion white podcast. Uh, Catherine K., thank you, and good night, Freaky Hippo. Paul, thank you, thanks for that idea, too. Brian V., thank you. Uh, Jason S., I guess I can't find where I talked about it, but uh, Jason was the year I got to run, so that was Jason's YouTube channel, 2015. And I know it's some thank you. I said 2016, and I think I came out with Run Jason Run, 2016, or... Runs, run, Jason runs. 
That's boring. Run, Jason, run. Runs, Jason. Jason's runs got to Jason. J- run, Jason, run. 2016. Uh, Kathy, thank you for the input on uh, Infinite Jests, which I'm loving. Ben M., thank you and good night. Uh, Madison M., thank you for sharing us during a, uh, a Logic Con. I can't believe I was shared about during a con. Our community, actually, not just me, all of you. So I was floored about that. So kind. Daniel F., thank you and good night. Uh, Mary Beth, thank you and good night. Uh, Kathleen W., thank you and good night. And Eli, good night. I want to thank over on Facebook, Lorraine M., Babs, good night. Laura, good night. Uh, Trish, good night. Brenda, good night. Alexandra, good night. Bonnie, good night. Ahab's wife, good night. Uh, Patsy S., thank you and good night. Anya, who shared Valerie W.'s book, that's nice. Maureen C., thank you and good night for sharing. Ariel, uh, thank you so much. Melissa B., thank you for the dog pick. Uh, I almost said so, dog pick, like dog pitcher. Uh, Carrie, thank you. Joel, Julie G, thank you. Laura, uh, Jennifer T, thank you and good night. Uh, Bonnie W, thank you and good night. Vesna, thank you and good night. Uh, Penny R, thank you and good Over on the website, I want to thank Rachel for her comments. Nicole for her comments, thank you. Christine for her comments, thank you. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for your comments. Uh, Debbie M, thank you so much for your comments. Bianca, thank you and good night. Uh, Bonnie, thank you and good night. Uh, uh, Silvertones, Tiffany, Trudy, Tristan, Kaylin, and Chris. I got to get the Silvertone, the tour of the Silvertones. That would be sweet. Uh, Alexandra, thank you. Uh, Tamara, thank you and good night. Uh, Judy, thank you and good night. Joe, thank you and good night. Amanda, thank you and good night. Oliver, thank you and good night. Barbara, thank you and good night. Kate, thank you and good night. Uh, Paul, thank you and good night. Uh, Jen, thank you and good night. Uh, Teresa, thank you and good night. Ashley, thank you and good night. Paul, thank you and good night. Uh, Marie, thank you and good night.